to cast, my friends. Today is the birthday of the church, and I want to start off this morning by asking our small gathering of people here, what language do you speak? Can you shout it out? Do you speak any other languages other than English? Do you speak French? Do you speak it pretty fluently? No. <laughs> Anybody else? Do you speak a language? Japanese. You speak Japanese. Yeah. That's right. Anybody else? Even a little bit? What do you do? You speak German. I'm all Czech, too. Yeah, only the questionable word. We can all have a word here or there that we understand out of one another. Uh, I have a beautiful thing that happened up in the assisted living where I am chaplain. Uh, I have a, a beloved resident there who is uh, in assisted living, and her primary language is Spanish. She's from Guatemala originally, although she speaks several languages. Um, but I'll ask her from time to time to teach me a word in Spanish. The word this week was the word pause. Say that with me. Pause. Pause. And it means peace. She has in the past taught the Spanish word for love, which is anybody? Amor? Amor? Right? Not amor. Not amor. And then my favorite is the word for hope. Esperanza. Isn't that a beautiful word? Esperanza. The word for hope. I forget the rest of what she I don't have a gift for languages, really. And she just smiles at me when I ask her to repeat something. Even when I was younger and I took Spanish in high school, I never could really pick it up. And I always have some trepidation when I travel to a place where I don't choose language. I spent a whole summer in France when I was in my 20s and only ever learned how to ask for a chocolate croissant, please. And that was only through sheer repetition. A couple of years ago, when I went to the Holy Land, one of the highlights of that journey was an evening on a trip to Bethlehem, which is in the West Bank of Palestine. We drove across the heavily protected border, which is designed to keep Palestinians inside. It is barricaded with concrete and razor wire. The checkpoint is guarded heavily by heavily armed Israeli military. As we drove up, we were told that our tour bus might get boarded by one of the guards and that if we get asked a question, we simply need to answer succinctly and clearly. Also, that security had been heightened at that time because of recent rocket fire out of Gaza. We crossed the border without any incident, though, and drove into the hilly region, up the winding streets, and finally into a parking lot. The sun was going down, and I have to admit that my anxiety was high. In the parking lot, there were several cars and men waiting. And our tour guide, Jimmy, we had learned to trust, called our names and assigned us into rooms four. And Greg and I and Nick and Jane got into a car, and our host 
such a brief encounter with someone can leave a long-lasting impression on the life. Because that only tells us the difference. He said our goodbyes by saying, we friended each other on Facebook within about an hour or two. All eight of us who traveled to the Holy Land from Manchester got to experience being guests in the town of Bethlehem that night. And I think that all of us have seen the news this week of the violence between Israel and Hamas through different eyes than we could have if we had not sat around the dinner table with those families there. There have been pictures of fighting in Jerusalem just outside Al Aqsa Mosque, also known as Dome the Rock, one of Islam's holy sites. And we were there a few years ago. We have seen that place too. We have prayed at the Western Wall, which is a Jewish holy site. If you back up the hill, just steps up the hill from the Western Wall, you can see both places, the Dome of the Rock and the Western Wall, and thousands of people praying. And you can imagine all of those prayers rising up to God. You can feel it. You can feel the holiness. It is indescribable. Words can never capture that feeling that I had standing in that place, watching that place where thousands on both sides were lifting up their hearts to God. In the last couple of weeks, I messaged Jihad to ask if she and her family are well amid all that violence there, and Noreen, who had traveled to the Holy Land when I did, said her host from that time had gone silent on Facebook. But Jihad messaged me back, and she said, we are all right, but we are anxious. Of course, they have lived through this many times. For them, conflict between Israel and Palestine is a part of life. The most recent war, which has claimed the lives of hundreds of civilians, children and has decimated Gaza is only one incident in the long chain of tragedies there. Grannies for generations there and in other places have known what it means to be anxious. In our passage from the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit entered in in a dramatic way that day around the disciples and their circle of believers. The wind blew up suddenly and rattled the rafters, wanting to open the place up for all the world to see. No more hiding, no more denying, no more staying in one place where it was safe, no more anonymity from the religious leaders and from the Roman Empire. No, this wind brought flames, and it lit their hearts on fire and made them glow with holiness. There was no mistaking its intent. And as people came running from everywhere to see what was going on, each heard in their own language the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no miscommunication, no broken speech. Every person understood, and in my sanctified imagination anyway, I think that was a miracle of spirit-filled hearts and not really a miracle of like, 
Christian. The Holy Spirit is multilingual, multicultural. She is fluent in the language of the good news and in the language of love, every dialect. And in the language of blowing the doors off the place, she is fluent in the language of liberation of the captive. She is fluent in the silence. She will whisper over the deep chaos of the void and create something new. She is the electrical energy between hearts that we can feel on our goosebumps skin. She makes the hair on the back of our necks stand up. I have both poems for you again this week that I want to read. Today's poem is by Malcolm Geint, and it is called Pentecost. And it goes like this. The day we feel the wind beneath our wings. Today the hidden fountain flows and plays. Today the church draws breath at last and sings as every flame between a tongue of praise. This is the feast of fire, air, and water, poured out and breathed and kindled into earth. The earth itself awakens to her maker and is translated out of death, birth. Bright words come today in their bright order, and every word spells freedom and release. Today, the gospel crosses every border. All tongues are loosened by the Prince of Peace. Today, the lost are found in God's translation, whose mother tongue is love in every nation. If only the Holy Spirit would enter in and move us beyond our fears and our possessiveness and our grudges and our smallness. If only we could hear the windows rattle and see the glow of holiness all around one another. If only we could really understand the tender places of one another's hearts that transcend speech and culture and place and time. If only we could begin again. What miraculous thing might God's people do to bring